Hello and welcome to Expedition Photographic. I am your host Cameron and today we are talking about the famous and infamous Sani Pass, the only land border between KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa and the mountain kingdom of Lesotho. We're Amy and Cam. Welcome to Expedition Photographic. Join us as we travel off the beaten path to explore some of the wildest places on our planet and some not so wild ones too. The Sani Pass route starts at 1,500 meters above sea level and ascends 1,332 meters to 2,876 meters over 33 kilometers of gravel and rocks. The challenging part of the pass is about 9 kilometers of mostly loose rocks between the South African and Lesotho border posts. By law in South Africa, you need a four-wheel drive vehicle to ascend the pass, which is technically a public road connecting the two countries. Without getting into a debate about the tarring of the pass, the lower part of the road before the South African border post has had some significant engineering work done on it. It is still gravel and can get very muddy after some rain, but should not pose any issue, even in an all-wheel drive soft road type vehicle. The country towns of Underberg and Harmful are a great staging point for a Sani Pass ascent, with some fantastic options for accommodation in the area. From Durban, Asani Pass Ascent is an easily achievable weekend or long weekend adventure. Underberg is conservatively a three hour drive from Durban. The trip on the N3 is relatively uneventful if coming from either direction, but after the Underberg turn off around the Midmar Dam area, the road to Underberg is spectacular, winding through valleys and alongside rivers. The trip to Underberg sets the tone for the adventure that awaits. Requirements for going up the pass. So, what do you need to get up Sani Pass? Well, we'll talk about vehicle requirements a little bit later, but practically you need to arrange a few things before leaving home. Firstly, you need a valid passport. If you are a South African citizen, you do not require a visa to enter Lesotho. If you hold a foreign passport, make sure to check on the Lesotho border requirements before embarking on your trip. Secondly, you need either the original logbook for your vehicle, or if your vehicle is financed or rented, you need a letter from the financial rental company giving you permission to take the vehicle across the border. This is really easy to get and can be done mostly online. We have been up the pass four times in the last three years and have never been asked for this letter, but I would rather have it to avoid disappointment. Another requirement is to check with your insurance company if your vehicle is covered in Lesotho. We understand that you do need car insurance to enter Lesotho. Again, we've never been asked, but it is easy enough to get a letter from your insurance company and we wouldn't do a trip without it. Due to the altitude and mountainous terrain, the weather and temperature at the top of the pass can be very different from the weather in Underberg, no matter what the time of year. Be sure to pack some warm clothing. We would also highly recommend sunscreen as due to the altitude you can get sunburned very quickly, which is deceptive when it's cold. It can take a few hours to get to the top of the pass, it generally does take a bit longer going up than coming down, but make sure you have some drinks and some snacks for the journey. Also carry enough water, it can be hot on a sunny summer's day. Keep in mind that this is a rocky mountain pass. There are no shops between Harmville and the top of the pass, so you need to make sure you have enough water with you at the start of your ascent. A top tip regarding a comfortable trip up and down the pass is to use the bathroom facilities at the South African border post. They are really clean and there won't be another opportunity until reaching the top of the pass. Let's talk about some vehicle requirements. Okay, so this is a very controversial topic. You will find many 4x4 forum posts about how people have managed to drive two-wheel drive vehicles up the pass and how soft roaders and all-wheel drive vehicles can get up the pass. I'm really not going to get into that today. 
Here's our opinion. We think you need a vehicle with a low range gearbox to safely get up and down the pass. Without low range the pass is drivable when it's dry and when it's in good condition, although we would not recommend it. After the South African border post, you can engage low range and drive the rest of the way up the pass in first, second and third gears. To ascend and descend the pass safely, you would need to take it slow and drive at a comfortable speed that feels right for your vehicle. Keep in mind that if you're in a convoy with your friends in different vehicles, this speed may be slightly different. Don't be tempted to try and keep up with the person in front of you if your pace is a little slower than theirs. On a recent trip up the pass, Amy and I were driving our Suzuki Jimny and a friend was following in his Land Rover Discovery 4. The Jimny was very lightly loaded with just the two of us in the car and the Discovery was much more heavily loaded. The Jimny's comfortable speed up and down the pass was a little bit faster than the Discovery's. I would have thought it would have been the other way around. Definitely something to keep in mind. Make sure that if you are traveling in convoy, you have some form of communication. Two-way radios are highly recommended and can be purchased relatively inexpensively. This also adds an element of fun and some friendly banter to the journey. Keep in mind that there are patches of no cell service up the pass, so when quick communication is required, a cell phone call is not ideal. Normally on off-road vehicle expeditions, solo travel is not recommended, or it will require some serious planning, vehicle preparation and or training. Sani Pass is an exception to this rule. It is completely safe to ascend and descend the pass in your own vehicle, and we have done so twice in our Jimny. There are lots of people up and down the pass, and help is close at hand, should it be required. Just before the top of the pass are the switchbacks, ultimately more intimidating on the way down as you are looking over the edge, as opposed to looking up on the way up the mountain. The trick here is to go slow, first and second gears in low range, and if you are concerned, stop in a safe place, get out of the car and have a look. Watch someone drive up and see the line they take. Do not feel pressure to push yourself past the point you feel comfortable. In saying all this, as long as you are not trying to ascend or descend the pass in snowy or icy conditions, you should not have any issues in a four-wheel drive vehicle in low range. A word of caution if you are driving an automatic vehicle. You may want to lock the vehicle into gear. Most auto gearboxes have an option to hold a gear. The reason is that in low range, many auto gearboxes can do a lot of hunting between gears which builds up excessive heat and has the torque converter doing extra work unnecessarily. This is not a hard and fast rule. I've driven my father's FJ Cruiser up the pass in drive with no issues. I've also driven our Jimny most of the way up the pass in drive, but we found that the Jimny did a little bit better selecting the gear we wanted on the steeper parts towards the top of the pass. Keep in mind that the long drive in low range can cause your engine and gearbox to get a bit hotter than normal. The problem is easily solved by stopping at the many stunningly beautiful view sites on the way up the pass. Now, this is the most important bit of assistance we can offer. Do not go down the pass in high range with your foot on the brake. Applying the brakes on steep rocky descents will cause the vehicle to skid, which is no fun on the way down the switchbacks, and will completely ruin your experience. You could also damage your vehicle and brakes. I've witnessed many people doing this, and it's such an easy problem to solve. Put your vehicle in low range, lock it in first and second gear, and use the engine braking to go down the pass. If you need to slow down a little bit more, apply some modulated braking pressure. If you are driving an automatic, keep in mind that many auto clutches will not completely engage if you do not completely release the brakes. Without getting into the mechanics of it, the trick is to engage low range, select first gear, and take your foot completely off the brakes. The vehicle may seem to lurch forwards, 
and you will feel the engine braking kick in. You may then need to select second gear as first may be a bit slow. If you need to go slower, apply some modulated braking as necessary. If you are driving a manual, the same principle applies. Remember to completely release the clutch even on the descent. The most important aspect to a safe Sani Pass adventure is to use some common sense. As we've mentioned, in a vehicle with low range, you can safely ascend and descend the pass in wet conditions. I've done it in our Jimny and in an FJ Cruiser, with Hilux's discoveries and ranges in convoy. Personally, I would not attempt to ascend or descend the pass in snowy or icy conditions. Amy and I went underberg one weekend, as we were expecting some snow, and there was indeed snow. We drove as far as the South African border post, and it was clear that the pass was covered in snow and ice. We took some photographs and went to the Lemon Tree Bistro in Underberg for lunch instead. While having lunch we saw emergency vehicles heading for Harmville and later learned that an all-wheel drive vehicle had gone over the edge coming down the pass. Thankfully no one was hurt in the snow. In my last podcast talking about overlanding we discussed this topic. You need to know when it's time to turn around or spend an extra night somewhere. There's no need to take excessive risk even when overlanding or, off- or off-roading. Now that all the technical stuff is out the way, we really want to encourage you to get up the pass. It is stunningly beautiful and an amazing drive. There is nothing to be nervous about ascending or descending the pass if you use your common sense and we really want to encourage you to give it a try. Now, you may be asking what to do once you have ascended the mountain pass. Well, other than taking some spectacular photographs from the top of the Trakensberg, getting a fresh stamp in your passport and reaching the highest pub in Africa, with spectacular views down the pass. If you are not driving, you can enjoy a Maluti beer, and lunch never disappoints. We have spent hot sunny days sitting on the deck, and freezing cold days sitting inside around the fire. The highest pub in Africa is an experience not to be missed. Now, the pub is not the only reason to ascend the pass. The mountain kingdom of Lesotho awaits. In 2018, we did a trip up Sani Pass to Katsi Dam for the night following the dam north and eventually arriving in Clarence in the Free State. This is an epic trip, but a story for another day. A suggested weekend plan. We would suggest that this trip is best enjoyed by making a long weekend of it. You really need three whole days, although it can be done in one night, but it's really not as enjoyable. Our recommendation would be to travel to Underberg or Harmville on Friday morning, stop somewhere nice for lunch and enjoy the afternoon in this beautiful part of the world. Head to bed early for an early start on Saturday morning. Make sure to have enough fuel, you won't find any after harmful, and start your journey up the pass early, allowing lots of time to stop and enjoy the view. Aim to get to the summit of the pass in time for an early lunch. After enjoying the top of the pass and feeling rested, head back down and you should be back in Underberg Harmful by mid-afternoon, allowing time for an afternoon nap and plenty of time to plan your dinner and tell stories of the day's adventures. After a good night's sleep and a late checkout, a slow drive home will complete a fantastic weekend adventure. We've done this trip before leaving Durban at 4am on a Saturday morning, driving straight up the pass, spending one night in the area. It's doable, but really not recommended. Don't let us rush you. There's so much more to do and see in the Anderberg area, even if you have no interest in going up the pass. If you do plan to spend more time in the area, pack your golf clubs, fishing rods and load your mountain bikes. Our weekend itinerary is just a practical example of an easily achievable weekend trip. What to do in the Underberg area? There's loads of great accommodation in the Underberg and Harmville area. We can personally recommend the beautiful Carmichael Farm in Harmville, 
Sani Valley Lodge, and the spectacular Moorcroft Manor Hotel. I'm sure there are loads more. We're just talking about our personal experiences. Even if you are staying somewhere else, we highly recommend a trip to Moorcroft for lunch, dinner, afternoon tea, or a massage. A trip to the area would not be complete without a meal at the Lemon Tree Bistro in Underberg, even if it's just for a coffee. There is something special about this place, and we love it. The Underberg Cheesery is well worth a visit, and the Old Duck restaurant has the best carrot cake we've tasted. The Old Duck is also the trailhead for many mountain bike trails in the area. To conclude, we highly recommend a trip up Sarni Pass. There's something for everyone. For the photographers, the breathtaking Drakensberg Mountains never disappoint. For the nature lovers, be sure to stop and look at the wild proteas that grow on the side of the pass. For those interested in birding, be sure to look out for vultures, eagles and other birds of prey. And lastly, if you are just keen for an adventure, a selfie in front of the highest pub in Africa sign is worth the trip alone. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, goodbye.